to uh, make a few announcements before we get into the Word of the Lord. Uh, number one, again, we're so glad to see Sister McIntyre able to be in the house of the Lord with us today. And uh, we wish her a very happy 16th birthday today. And uh, so glad that she's feeling better and able to be in church. And uh, we want to remember to pray for those who are unable to be in the church. Let's pray uh, especially for Sister Alice and Sister Joyce who are unable to be here today. Also, let's pray for Sister Brenda Frazier. She's here but not feeling well. Let's ask the Lord to touch her and everyone else that is sick. I tell you what, I don't like to be sick. Amen. I don't think it's God's will that we all be sick. And uh, so God's good enough and great enough and big enough to heal us. So let's just believe that God is still a miracle worker. Amen. How many believe the Lord is a miracle worker? Praise God. Praise God. We had a great time over at the men's meeting this morning. Thankful for all those who gather over there faithfully. I encourage you to do it, uh, you that are not participating, that you ought to participate, especially on mornings like this morning. Man, we had biscuits and gravy and sausage and orange juice and coffee. And and uh, so I'm not hungry in the least little bit today. And uh, so... We'll just we'll just have church. We'll just combine this morning and tonight's together, and we'll just go on till about seven thirty or eight o'clock tonight. No, I'm not going to do that. But thank you for uh, those who come over, and we have prayer together and fellowship together. I encourage you men to get involved in that. Brother Duplessy mentioned some things about uh, that this morning, and uh, being concerned about the more important things in life. And uh, I tell you what, fellowship and uh, community is important. And we need one another. And we feed off of one another. We feed negative, unfortunately. And we feed positive off of one another. And I'll tell you this before we go into the Word of the Lord. I I wasn't talking, wasn't planning on uh, this is not my message today. But I do have a message for you. If you want your marriage to be better, be a little more positive about your marriage. And I always say this, and I'll say, I'll say again as I have said in times past, you loved them when you married them. You're the one that created the demon that you're living with. <laughs> so we're all responsible in this thing. And uh so um anyway, we can make it what we want it to be. Life life pretty much you can make life what you want it to be. Uh life is full of choices. And we make choices every day of what we're going to do. We're going to make choices of how we're going to react to every situation in life. And so I think that if we react in a positive way, And we realize that bad days will happen, but bad days don't have to stay. Sickness will happen. It's just part of life. But I want to tell you, your attitude and your confidence and your faith in God will determine how quickly you come out of the problem. And I know that God is a miracle worker, and there is no problem that's too big or too great for God. God is still great. And God is still mighty. So let's remember those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord. Also, uh, next Sunday, 
morning and Sunday night. Brother Mark shall be here with us. Looking forward to that. Be inviting people to the house of God. Be faithful to church. Choir practice tonight at 515. Uh, remember choir practice. Also, I will be uh, leaving town Wednesday going to preach a camp in Arkansas. And so I pray that you would pray and I ask you for your prayers. Pray uh, with us and for us that God would use me and uh, that I would be a blessing to someone there. And Brother Duplessy will be here preaching uh, Wednesday night. I'll be back home Saturday afternoon, so I'll be here next weekend. And so remember those announcements and uh, let's be anticipating God to do something very very great for all of us today. Amen. We all need God's help. We all need God's strength. We're all depending on God. And we all need to be trusting in the Lord. Let's all stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord. Again, we're going to go back to Luke, just a couple of chapters uh, after uh, where Brother Duplessy read today. Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12 and verses number 47 and 48. I'm going to share with you some things I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for this service today. And uh, I'll be showing you some pictures of, of a couple of things that, that uh, we encountered there in Haiti. And uh, this is not a mission service, but this is something I pray that will stir us and help us to realize um, that God is requiring things of us, and God wants more of our time. Man, can you believe it is June, what is it, June the 3rd? That the year is already almost halfway over? It just seems like yesterday we were cooking turkeys, and it's almost turkey time again. I think turkey time comes three times a year. And uh, But it seems like just yesterday we were celebrating the new year coming in and all the things that we're going to, going to do and accomplish at the new year and how much weight we was going to lose and how fit we were going to get. How many's kept those New Year's resolutions? <laughs> uh, so uh, how many made New Year's resolutions? Some of you are asleep. Got a lying problem, uh, got all kinds of problems, but we all make those of how much we're going to get accomplished. And now we're looking, we're looking almost in the rear view mirror that is as much behind us as is in front of us for this year. So I think it's very important that we realize the time that we seize the opportunity that God has given us. Luke chapter 12, verse number 47. And the servant which knew his Lord's will. Now, if you take into account where we are reading from, uh, Peter asked Jesus a question. said, Lord, who are you talking to here? Are you talking to us? Are you talking to those people that is here? There's a great multitude, the Bible says, that there was so many people there that they were uh standing and falling and in other words there there was just a huge crowd and uh they were up against one another and crawling over the top of one another to hear Jesus' teaching. And so 
Jesus started into a parable. As we look at chapter number 12, there's many different things that he dealt with. But he started this parable and he said, The servant which knew his Lord's will. Number one, he was a servant. Number two, the servant knew his Lord's will. And prepared not himself. Neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Now this is where I want you to key in on this scripture. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. For unto whomsoever much is given, unto him shall be much required. That is what I want to preach to you from this subject and try to help us with the help of God. That whosoever much is given... There is much required. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's ask God to help us today. God, we're depending on you. Our faith, our confidence, our trust, and our hope is in you, God. We are depending on you today, God. We need you in this place. I need the anointing. God, your people need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to hear, to receive to respond to Your Word. Help us all today, God, as we have come together in this house to worship, to praise, and let's give Him some worship, and let's give Him some praise because He is a great, great, big God today. We love You, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Now, I put a disclaimer on this because I might be a little slower than what I normally am on a Sunday morning. Not meaning that I'm going to take extra long, but that my words may not all run together. And uh, I want us to think about some things today of what God has given us and what God has blessed us with. Number one, Luke chapter 12 is dealing with a great... uh a, a, a great variety of things here as we read in the Word of God. It talks about the great multitude. And uh, it talks about a number of people. It talks about a man. This is where you find the story of the man that said to himself that he was rich and increased with goods and had need of nothing. And uh, he tore down his old barns, and he built bigger barns. And there is nothing wrong with tearing down your old barns and build bigger barns. There's nothing wrong with selling your old house and building a new house. There's nothing wrong in getting rid of an old car or a other car and buying a different car. That is not what Jesus was discussing here. It was the attitude Of this man, that he was rich, that he was doing good, and that he had need of nothing. He did not need any help. He did not need any instruction. He did not need any leadership in his life. And he certainly was not concerned about God. But the Bible tells us the outcome of that man about the time that he got done. 
building his new barns. The Bible says that this night thy soul will be required of thee. And then who is all of this stuff going to go to? And I want to tell you, we spend a lot of time accumulating. We spend a lot of time gathering in. We spend a lot of time preparing. And I think that everyone are to prepare for the day that hopefully everyone gets to retire and enjoy retirement and have healthy years of head. But I've had seen so many people that work, that work, that work, that neglect the things that are necessary to provide for that day and have all the plans laid out. And uh, it seems like that when that day finally comes and they get the opportunity to go and to do and to enjoy what they have done, sickness starts to uh, come against their body and tragedy begins to start. So I want to tell you, more than just preparing for the day to come, we need to enjoy the moment that God has given us. Enjoy your kids. You say, how in the world do I do that? It's very simple. Be enjoyable to be around. Have a good time. Enjoy one another's company. And uh, enjoy the time that you have together. It talks about laying up treasures in the earth and the importance of where we should put our treasures. He said that we lay up treasures in earth. And we are putting our money in bags with holes in them. It is talking about us robbing God to enjoy the things of the world. And I believe that first of all, our first fruits should go to God. And after that, we should enjoy what is left over and God would multiply. When you're robbing from God and you're stealing the things that are God... The Bible said that you're putting your money in bags with holes in it. In other words, when you put it in, it's falling out the bottom. It's going through the cracks and you cannot figure out where it is going. But when you learn how to put God first, then he says where your heart is, that is the place that your treasure is going to be. You can find out about what a man loves and what a what an individual, man or woman, just mankind, what they love by what they talk about and what they dwell on and what they what entices them and what always has their attention and where they spend the majority of your focus, their focus. Now, I want to tell you. Uh, what what our problem is today is we have so many different loves and we have so many different activities and we have so many different things that we are so connected to. And, and a lot of these things are not bad. But I want to tell you, the first connection in our love must be the house of God and God. There is nothing in the world that's more important than what you're going to do on Sunday morning and what you're going to do on Sunday night and what you're going to do on Wednesday night. That is the utmost. Now, I'm not getting much of a hand clap there. I'm getting some oh me's. But there's not anything that is important as the house of God. There's not education that's more important. There's not a job that's more important than the house of God. And he says, lay up your treasures. Don't put your money in bags with holes in them. Where your heart is, there will 
Your, or where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then it says, being, being on fire for God and prepared for His return. You know, this life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment and then it passes away. And like Brother Duplessy said a while ago, what we have done here will soon be forgotten. It doesn't take long for somebody to forget you. It doesn't take long for somebody to forget what you've done. It doesn't take long for someone to forget your accomplishments in life. But what you do for God is going to have an everlasting impact in life, in people's life, and in eternity. God really doesn't care about how much money you accumulate in life. He cares about riches that we are storing up on the other side of this life. And so it's important. And then it tells us to watch for the thief that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It talks about a faithful servant that was prepared, that took what he had and worked with what he had. And accomplish what God or what his master had laid out for him. Then it tells us about divisions. Things that come in to try to divide, to ruin, to wreck and destroy. Then it tells us this. That whosoever much is given, much is required of them. To where much knowledge is given, you're expected to excel more than others. There are some that even in school, I know that every man is supposed to be equal. But in school, I just tell you, be honest with you, there was some more equally educated and more equally uh, able to do the book work than I was. I struggled. I had problems. Number one, I didn't enjoy it. So anything that you don't enjoy, you can't spend a lot of time doing it. I could think of all the other places. And then there is those that it seemed like they don't even have to study for a test. If I was going to pass a test, it was of utmost importance that I would prepare for the test. But whom much is given, but I have seen those that had the ability to do, that had the ability to do the work, that were underachievers. And I'm thinking, what? A waste. How many have seen the signs that has uh, on the billboard, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. So what they are telling you, don't waste it on drugs. And I tell you that when you have a mind and you have a brilliant mind, you need to do everything. That is a blessing from God. And you need to do everything to accomplish and to excel to the best of your ability. Because what God has given us, And what God has blessed us with, we cannot sit on it, we cannot sleep on it, we cannot lay it down, but we must accomplish the abilities of the things that God has given us the ability to accomplish in life. Amen. Amen. God blesses people with the ability to be a blessing. And so remember this, God has blessed us. God has blessed us unbelievably that we are able to live in the wonderful country 
that we are able to live in. I'm glad that I am an American. Oh, shame on you today. I'm glad that I was born in the United States of America. No, it's not perfect, but so far of all my travels, it's the most perfect place that I've ever been in my life. And I'm always real glad to get to come back home to a wonderful country that we have given. But with this blessing, God has given us and God requires of us a return on His investment. I don't know about you, but I don't like to invest in things that does not give a return. And God does not like to invest in people that will not give a return. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 33 and verse number 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people of whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. Blessed are the people. And I want to tell you, if we want to keep the blessings of God, the best thing that Americans can do and the best thing that we could do as parents is to teach our children about God and how important it is to love God and how necessary it is that this country remain a Christian nation before God. Amen. Because blessed is the nation. Amen. Whose God is the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Brother David, if you'd help me out and try to get this thing to work in here, let's see if we can make this happen. Amen. So it is important that we as individuals know without a doubt that the Word of God says in Psalms chapter 147, And uh, verse number 12 and 13, it says, Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise the God of Zion. For He has strengthened the bars of thy gates. He has blessed thy children within thee. Amen. Blessed is that man. Blessed is that country. Blessed is that people whose Lord is a God. Amen. Jerusalem, it is very important that you always remember, amen, that you are a blessed people, that you are a great people, that you are a wonderful people, and you are blessed by God, and God has smiled on you. Amen. But I cannot understand, and I cannot figure out, as I read the history of the children of Israel about how they were always enticed of going and serving the gods who had been defeated by their God. Amen. I don't know about you today, but my God is bigger than the adversary. My God is bigger than Buddha. My God is bigger than Baal. My God is greater than Hare Krishna. My God is greater than Allah or Muhammad. My God has already defeated them. Hallelujah. 
We must be careful that we in America and we in the church in America do not ever allow the, the blessings that God has blessed us with to become a curse to us. Amen. So many times I see people that have had the blessings of God and they allow it to become a curse unto them. Amen. But I want to tell you that God has blessed us to be a blessing. Amen. The children of Israel, when we look at the promise of Abraham, the Bible tells us that Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. He said, everywhere you step is going to be yours. Every place you walk is going to be yours. Amen. But this promise is unto you, Abraham, that where you go, you're going to be blessed, but you're also going to be a blessing. Amen. It's time for the church in America to understand and realize that God never saved us just for ourselves. That God never blessed us just for ourselves. That God never gave us what we have just for ourselves. But God gave us what we have to be a blessing to the entire world, to our community, to our home, to our job, to our school, amen, to our state, to the world across this. Amen. Amen. I've seen things in different places that I travel that makes me wonder of our, our dedication and our commitment to God. We think of every excuse that we possibly can to stay away and we let little frivolous things keep us away from one another. We let heartache and hardship, we let bad feelings and things stop our fellowship. I thought it was interesting that Brother Duplessis hadn't mentioned that already this morning. But it is important that we have fellowship with one another. It is important that we love one another. It is important that we love our brother and our sister in the Lord. It is important that the one that you're sitting by on the beach or sitting across the church from, that you love them and you want to see them succeed and make it to heaven. There should never be any jealousy in our life. There should never be any malice in our spirit. Amen. But when somebody gets a promotion, we all rejoice together. When somebody gets a new home, we all rejoice together. When somebody gets a new car, we all rejoice together. Amen. When we all come together, how happy we will be. Amen. It is important that we, as a church, come together to fellowship one another. Amen. To have sweet counsel together. Amen. As I watch the people... In Haiti, that they would gather together before service, having absolutely nothing, having no nice home. Many of them walk many miles to even get to church, to only come into a church that did not have nice carpeting on the floor, but had tile on the floor, that did not have sheetrock 
on the floor with nice trim and nice chandeliers, but had just black walls that was painted over with some old paint. Amen. That did not have a lot of frills that you could enjoy. That had open air on the side and open in the back and open across the front. Just an old rugged tabernacle. But they come together to have fellowship together. To enjoy one another. Amen. They come smiling in their heart with a smile on their face. Amen. How would it be today if we as a church in America would put our feelings and our disappointments and our hardships aside and say, you know, life is bigger than this. Serving God is greater than this. It's not about my feelings, but it's about us making it to heaven together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Comfort. No comfort there. Hot. And when I tell you it was hot, it was unbelievably hot. When you get inside of a building closed up, I think they had three fans that was actually working in the building. And they had one pointed toward the platform somewhere in the middle of preaching. Somebody had the audacity to go get the fan and turn it out toward the audience. I said, man, I need the fan. I'm about to drown up here in my own sweat. Amen. But I looked at those. No comfort. Everything does not have to be perfect. Amen. We come to the house of God and sometimes it's too cold and people I can't worship God because it's too cold. I look on the other side of the church and somebody else has got their Bible. My Lord, the air conditioners quit working in this place. And I look and somebody else, my Lord, are we trying to kill hogs in this place? And I just can't worship God. Another one is sitting there and they're going like this. Not very often, but sometimes. I can't hardly hear. I can't understand what's going on. And the other one is going... My Lord, have mercy. What in the world is this? Is this a rock concert? What's going on? And we allow little things like this. And I don't deny sometimes it's hot and sometimes it's cold. And most of the time it's very loud. Amen. But when we come to the house of God, we've got to understand it's not about my comfort. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I feel on now on the outside but it's about giving God praise and giving God glory and giving God honor hallelujah hallelujah if you're waiting for the perfect time where all the stars align up in the right place and all the weather gets just perfect to go to the house of God and everything to come all in a line where you can worship God. You're never going to worship God and you're never going to accomplish. But let me remind you, the Bible tells us that when much is given, much is required. There is some things that God is going to require of us. There are some things that God has given us that he's going to require a return. Amen. Transportation. 
Technology is great. It's even unbelievable when it works. Transportation. Transportation. My car's broke down. I can't go to church. My car's air condition don't work. So God knows I can't get in a hot car and go to the house of God. I would be sweaty and mess up my clothes before I get there. My clothes would be wrinkled. Things wouldn't be going just right when I get there. Amen. But I looked at those people uh, and if we ever get it working, I got some pictures uh, of transportation that they used to get to the house of God. The ones that were blessed enough that someone could pick them up. There was about ten of them in the back of a little old pickup. Amen. Going down a dusty, dirty road for miles in traffic in 95 degree weather. Where were they going? They were going to the house of God. Amen. I looked at another truck that looks like a prison truck. Amen. There they are in the truck. That one. That's a truck that they use to transport people to the house of God. How would you like to ride in that in the middle of Houston traffic? Amen. At at about uh, 5 o'clock in the afternoon for about two and a half hours only to get to a church auditorium that has no air conditioning. That has no comfort. You know, but what they did when they got to the house of God, they come in lifting up their hands. Oh, yes, they were hot. They were sweaty. They were dirty. And no, they did not smell good. Amen. But I want to tell you one thing. They had a love for God. They had a love for the worship. Amen. You didn't have to pump them. You didn't have to prime them. You didn't have to encourage them. But they were glad. To get to the house. They were glad to get to the house of the Lord. Speaking of comfort. Amen. This is a schoolroom that they had rented on the side of the auditorium. There was a thousand people that gathered there. Over a thousand people that gathered there for that comfort. Amen. This is where... Uh, about five or six hundred people slept. No, you don't see any beds. No, you don't see any carpet on the floor. No, you don't see a hot shower in the side. No, you don't even see a toilet there. But you know what they done? They didn't complain about where they were staying. Why? Because the next day they were getting up to go to the house of the Lord. Amen. They had a spirit within them that David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So as they ride this vehicle to the house of God, whatever happened. Amen. As they go in this truck to the house of God, we find ourselves unavailable and unable to even get in our nice air-conditioned car and go to church. Much is given, I'm telling you, church. Much is required. I don't know what happened. It went off again. 
Amen. Who much is given, much is required. Amen. Are you going to tell your frivolous little excuses to God? Amen. That I'm too tired. It's been a hard, hard day. It's a trouble time. Amen. Try to get that going. This is one they need to see. Amen. It's a trouble time. I've had a hard day at work. I've had a hard day at home. I've cleaned the house. I've worked on this. And I've worked on that. And the preacher might preach five minutes too long. Amen. When the truth is, the majority of the time when you do stay home, you don't go to bed before nine o'clock. No way. Amen. There's just other things that pique your interest above the house of God. But I come to preach a stirring spirit into your heart today that some way, somehow, you would understand who much is given, much is required. Who much is given, much is required. It's time that we wake up, America. It's time that we wake up, apostolic church. It's time that we understand that God is requiring things. It's been a hard day at work. It's been a stressful day. It's been a hard day at school. I gotta get up early in the morning. Don't have a good place to live. My house ain't everything that everybody else's was. Amen. Do you have that? Go to the one where the house is. Amen. No, no, go, go back, go back, go back. Next one. Go back. Right there. It's been a hard day. This is the way they live. This is the way they make a living. They all got little pieces of trash, what I would call trash. Things that they sell to one another, trying to find food. You know what the average income is in Haiti? $350 a year. That is their income. Brother Lucian took us into a supermarket where a half a chicken was selling for $14. That's U.S. dollars. Amen. Where a dozen eggs cost $7 a dozen. And there they're trying to live on $350 U.S. dollars a year. And we say, oh, we can't hardly make it. And we can't hardly get to church. Because we've been working in an air-conditioned building. Oh, we rode home in an air-conditioned ride. Amen. Tell it to those people when you stand before God. And tell God the reason why you are unfaithful. And you are uncommitted. And you are undedicated. Come on, America. Come on, saint of God. I'm not blasting you today. But I'm trying to get you prepared to meet Him and say, I've done everything that I've possibly could go to the next picture this is what happens when it's time to come into the house of God to worship every Sunday night we stand up here and I encourage people to get out of their seats I encourage people to make their way to the front and then we had to have someone to lead prayer 
because there's not enough of us got enough gumption and a desire to make a prayer loud to God. Amen. I appreciate you going to the prayer room, but my Lord, have mercy. Don't come and sit and meditate. We need somebody to cry out to God and to cry out with your whole heart. Amen. Make a noise to God. If you don't know anything to say but Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen. My Lord, have mercy. Just call on the name of Jesus. But when we would get there, everybody would be sitting there and Brother Lucian would walk to the podium. I don't know what he said, but when he said something, everybody stood up and there was a roar that went forth across the audience. Amen. Not somebody patty-caking, but somebody that had a hard day. Somebody that walked miles to church. Somebody that rode in the back of a truck down a dirt road in traffic to get to the house of God. Said, I gotta worship. I gotta praise. I've got to magnify God because He is worthy. And here we are today. Move me, preacher. Say something that would entice me to worship. Say something that would encourage me to be faithful to God. And I'm trying my best to do that today. By the sound of your voice and your response, I'm not doing much good. But I come to preach to you anyway today. No matter if it does good or not. I'm going to cry loud and spare not. To try to someday that the light switch will turn on in your heart and in your spirit. God is looking for commitment from us. God is looking for a desire in our spirit for the things of God. Amen. You want to, you want to know what happened in that mission trip? Some hundred and forty seven people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ninety something people were baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. You say, oh, that's over there. That can't happen here. I come to tell you what will make it happen here. Amen. Is our desire and our response. If I had to walk to church, I'm going to get to church. If I'm tired, I'm still coming to church. If I'm down and out and broke, I'm still coming to church. Why? Because God is worthy. God is worthy. God is worthy. Show us the next one. Preachers worshiping. Show us the next one. After the preaching, the response to the preaching. But here we are. Oh, yes. It'll be through shortly. The restaurant is waiting on me. You know what they had waiting on them afterwards? Amen. A bowl of rice that they had prepared. You know what they had waiting on them afterwards? Not a good hot shower, but an old room with concrete floors that they were going to spend the night in. You know what they had waiting on them afterwards? Not a Mercedes waiting in the parking lot. Not a Cadillac waiting in the parking lot. Not a Chevrolet pickup or a Ford pickup 
waiting in the parking lot. But if they did have a ride, they were hitching a ride with somebody in an old broken down vehicle with dust flying in their face trying to get back to home. Where home, show us another picture. Amen. Where home was this shack. Blow up on that. That's what home looks like. And we want to say, oh man, I've got it so bad. I can't go to the house of God when people that were living in that were there at church saying, I got a reason to praise God. I got a reason to glorify God. I got a reason to magnify God. What reason? Amen. You see what we have done. We have regulated God to its our blessings that give us a desire to praise. Amen. That's all wrong. Amen. What we need to understand is our God deserves a praise because He went to Calvary and He shed His blood for the remission of our sins. So no matter how I feel on the inside. No matter what's happening in my life, I can still shout. I can still worship. I can still praise. I can still magnify God. Who in this place today is going home to a home that looks like that. Unfortunately today, there is people in our community that live and stuff that looks a lot like that. But you know, for the most part, it's self-inflicted. I feel sorry for them, but we live in America. If you want to dig yourself out of the pit, you can dig yourself out of the pit. That's the reason why we go to these communities and we offer them help. Because we got the only saving thing that can change their world. Amen. We can offer them Jesus. And when they find Jesus, they'll start clawing their way out of the pit of hell that they have been raised in. Amen. But us today, we have the opportunity. And we know that we may not have the financial stability that we want right now. But we know that we live in a country where we can achieve that. But you know what? These people, they were born poor. There's no way out of poverty. There's no way to get wealth. There's no way to get better. Amen. No matter what they do, no matter how hard they work, there is no way out. All they have is God. Amen. But to us today, who much is given, God, I want to see a giving heart. I want to see a giving heart of my finances. I want you to see a giving heart of my spirit. God, that I try to help people. God, that I try to worship you. That I try to lift up your name. No matter what's going on. No matter what's happening. I worship you, God. No matter who thinks you can, you cannot make it on one service a week. Your God deserves more out of you than that. Services started on Saturday or Friday. They had services Friday, Friday night, Saturday. We got there Saturday night, 
had church Saturday night, come back on Sunday morning, had church from 10 o'clock in the morning to about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, went back on Monday, got there at 4 o'clock, had church from 4 o'clock to about 8 o'clock that night. You know what they were doing? They were still worshiping and praising God when we walked out of the building. And we think, oh, it's just too much. One service extra a week. I can't even make it to the services we got now. Who much is given. The way the Bible teaches is God's not really requiring as much out of them as He does us. But whom much is given, much is required. I don't know what judgment's going to be like exactly as they come to the music today. I don't know. We have some little parts in the Bible that gives us some indications of what it will be like. I don't know what judgment's going to be like. But I would just say, venture to say, what about this? What if, what if on Judgment Day there was a big screen that was plastered across the halls of that great Judgment Hall? And on this side it shows you. And on this side, it shows the third world countries. Here's America. Here's the third world countries. When God asks you, what did you do? It shows your car. And it shows their car. It shows your house. And it shows their house. It shows your job. And the benefits, and it shows their job and their benefits. It shows your bank account, and it shows their bank account. And then rolling across the screen, all of this is shown for the entire world to see. And then all of a sudden, here comes pictures from the left side of the screen rolling across to the right side. That shows your response to church. And then it shows their response to church. It shows your attitude. And it shows their attitude. It shows your faithfulness. And then it shows their faithfulness. Then it shows your worship. And then it shows their worship. What will, and what will God say when all of this is revealed on Judgment Day? God's a nice, passionate, merciful, graceful God. That's the reason why all of us are here today. 
But I want you to know something. Don't let the mercy and the grace of God fool you. On judgment day, there's going to be no mercy. The Bible tells us and explains to us as a tree falleth. That's the way it's going to lie. When you take that last breath on this side... There's no purgatory. There's no in-between. There's no going back and fixing it. There's no going back and getting over hard feelings. There's no going back and asking forgiveness. There's no going back and telling God, I'll do better next time. But the Bible says, who much is given? (coughs) Much is required. You say, oh, but Brother Looper, all they have to do is go to church. You want to trade lives with them? I guarantee you when you step out of that airplane, even before you step out of the airplane, when you're flying over the buildings, I took Terry and Tony, or Tiffany and Tony. I've tried to take all of my children on foreign mission trips because... You need to see that. I've encouraged my preacher friends. I said, you need to carry your kids. We carry them to Disney World. We carry them to the lake. We carry them to the mountains. You need to carry them to a foreign mission field. When we was flying in, Tony looked out of the plane and she said, what is that? I said, that's where they live, baby. They live in those shacks. They live in those tents. They live in all that debris. God, only by Your mercy and only by Your grace I'm standing before you today and I'm standing before this wonderful church family. Only by your mercy and your grace that I was able to be born in this wonderful country that I live in. Nothing that I have done, nothing that I deserve, but only by your mercy. So this is what I want you to do today as we all stand across this auditorium. There's not a mission offering going to be taken. I'm not taking a mission offering. I'm not raising money for foreign missions. I'm raising awareness in our lives today to help us realize that God is requiring things from us. The next time you're too tired to come to church on Sunday night or Sunday morning or Wednesday night, tell it to somebody that lives in a dump like that. Go back. 
The next time you're too tired to worship, tell it to somebody that worships in a place like that. Go back. Go back. Go back. Next time you've had a hard day on the job, tell it to somebody that's eating on the street. That's trying to make a little bit of money where they'll have a bite to eat when they go home. I looked at those missionaries, Brother Lucian and then a man that drove one of the vans. They would come to the hotel. We were staying in a nice hotel, fenced, armed guards, had a restaurant inside of it. We would be supposed to leave about 9 o'clock in the morning. They would show up like at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. So we just got here early. What they was wanting is wanting a chance to eat in that restaurant. I said, man, you go there and you give them my room number and you get anything that you want. And as much as you want, any day that you're here, and you just put it on my tab and I'll pay for it. Who much is given, much is required. So when the devil telling you that you can't live for God, and you can't worship God, and you can't praise God, tell it to them. I wonder right now if anybody has bow our heads and we lift our voices toward heaven. If anybody wants to step out from where you're standing. I don't I, I didn't come today to bash you. I didn't come today to slam anybody. I love this church. I love every individual that is in this church. But I come today to get, give us a voice of warning, myself also. That God has blessed us so much. But he's expecting a return on his investment. I wonder if you want to step out right now and say, God, I, I want to move closer. I want to do more. I want to draw closer to you, God. I want to be what you want me to be, God. I want to do what you want me to do. Living for God's not hard at all. I've got so much to be blessed, to be thankful for. I've got so many blessings. I've got so much. Listen, 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 listen. Listen at the silence today. Listen at the silence today. Listen at the quietness today. Listen how quiet it is in here. We all got money in our pocket. We all got clothes that we were able to buy on our bodies. Just about everybody in here that's at the age of driving has a car sitting in the parking lot. We all got nice homes to go to. And listen how quiet it is. This is what I'm talking about, church. God is looking for a return on His investment today. Who much is given? Who much is given? Who much is given?
much is given. Who much is given? God's requiring us. Hallelujah. 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 There should be a roar that goes up from this church today. I'm thankful, God. I don't want to take your blessings for granted. I don't want to take your mercy for granted. I don't want to take your house for granted. I don't want to take my health and my strength for granted. Hallelujah. 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 Let's don't be spoiled. Let's don't be spoiled with the things of life. That everything has to be just right. But let's realize how blessed we are. We don't have to have the right preacher. We don't have to have the right teacher. We don't have to have the right testimony. We don't have to have the right singer. Why? Because we've got the right God. We've got a God that's worthy of all of our praises. we got a good home. We've got a good car. We've got a good job. We've got a good church. We've got a good air condition. We've got padded pews. We've got carpet on the floor. Let's get a praise flowing out of our mouth. Talk to us, God. Talk to me, God. Talk to me, God. Stir me. Stir me. Stir me. Don't let me grow complacent, God. Don't let me backslide in my spirit. Oh, God, but stir me. Turn me upside down if you have to, God. But don't let me go to hell. Don't let me come up wanting in judgment day. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, work in our lives, God, work in our hearts, God, work in our souls, God, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, stir us some way, stir us somehow, God. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. Until there's just no more to give. Hallelujah. Lord, I'll love Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost. I could 
Help us, God. Help us, Holy God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm going to live until there's just no Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Before we leave today, I think it would be very appropriate and very fitting that all of us together right now, without any music, without any singing, let's all just give God praise from our heart. With everything that is within us, lift up your voice, lift up your voice. 